This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amoir a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amoir.style forward slash crystal. That is amoir.style 
A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. Today's topic is our best advice for having twins. And right off the bat, Jesse, we're going to get to that later in the show, but I just have to give my one best piece of having twins advice. And because that is, twins. that is don't have them at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, don't birth them. If, if you just have one biological child and then you add in one adopted or child that you're fostering, you know. I think it makes at least the first nine months in utero much easier. <laughs> Probably. We've got more great tips like that for you. No, actually, I realized that this was, we're almost to one entire year of having two babies. We had Champ for eight months, brought him home from the NICU four weeks before Kirsten was born. So we almost had two tiny babies for seven months. And then he reunified with his mom. And then we got baby D a few months later, and he's been with us over four months. And so we're almost to the mark of where collectively we have had two little children, babies, toddler, baby, whatever you want to call them for an entire year put together. So we have picked up a lot of different tips and strategies, and we're going to share some of those. We're also going to talk about our recent trip with two babies, which was an adventure. To say the least. And we have some book updates, as well as some reader emails that I'm hoping we're going to be able to get to. And for What's Saving Our Life, we are going to share the lessons that we learned from traveling with two lap infants. So, Jesse, we just got back late, late well, actually, actually early this early morning, this morning. Um, from our trip to Colorado Springs. It was a very quick trip. I was asked to do some interviews and videos with Focus on the Family, and we couldn't work out the timing so that I could fly there and fly back in one day like I had done with Family Life a few weeks ago. So, since I'm still nursing Kirsten, we were trying to figure out how to make it work, and we just decided, you know, Let's make a little couples trip mm-hmm. out of it with a couple of babies <laughs> thrown in. And um, it was an adventure. It was an adventure. And we really approached it from that perspective of this is an adventure. And we know there are going to be some challenges, probably some bumps in the road, but it's going to be an adventure. And let's have a smile and let's enjoy ourselves and let's laugh. And we really did. And there were definitely some bumps in the road. And we definitely learned. Mm-hmm. We have never traveled before with two lap infants. I think is 
Is that the yep. correct terminology? Basically, if a child is under two and you live in the U.S. and you're flying domestically, they can sit on your lap and you don't have to pay for a ticket for them. So because both Kirsten and Baby D are under two, we were able to do that. But we learned that it is a requirement of TSA that they are sitting in a row that there is an extra oxygen mask, which every row, from what we understand, does have an extra oxygen mask, but they only have one extra oxygen mask. And we had two babies. We learned this the hard way Mm -hmm. when we got up to the desk to check in and we had planned great seats right next to one another. We were really happy with that. And then we found out that we could not sit next to one another because there would not be enough oxygen masks. So we sat, I said we sat, we stood at the counter for a very, very long time. I think the computer broke down in the process or something. They were having a lot of issues. (laughs) Finally, they got the things moved around, but it meant that our seating was no longer this ideal seating. Well, it would have helped that we had known that and then known which side of the plane we were supposed to sit on when we were picking seats um, when checking in. So things you learn. Live and learn. Like you said, you know, you can view it as this is a learning experiment. And Mm -hmm. so we did. And on the way home, then we, it went so much smoother because we were able to just pick our seats knowing where we would, you know, could sit and we didn't have to stand at the desk for 20 minutes. Um, What else would you say that we learned? What were some things that we learned from the travel? Well, I would say for me, make sure to pack the bottles that I need, anything that I need that's going to be in my carry-on under the seat in front of me. So that way I don't have to get up and get any luggage from the overhead compartment because there was no way I was going to be able to get out with the baby and get the luggage and get out what I needed. Well, and we had planned that we were going to be sitting next to one another. And so we had packed a travel diaper bag for both of them that had Mm -hmm. all the stuff that they needed. But then when we got separated, because we were split up, then we realized, oh, we need separate bags. One for each child that has all of the things that they're going to need. So we learned that the hard way as well. And we did find out one thing, and that is you can take formula that's already mixed or water bottles through TSA, through the security checkpoint, if you have a baby, but they do have to test it. Mm -hmm. And that does take extra time, but you can. And um, we also learned that bring more snacks than you ever think that you will use, Mm -hmm. especially if you have a child who is a toddler who loves snacks, because that is something that will keep them occupied on the plane but bring a wide assortment of a variety of snacks and dole them out just one at a time. We also used, we have these Melissa and Doug polka dot books is what they're called. They have these little pop buttons in them. It's hard to describe, but you pop them and then you pop it out and then you flip the page and you pop it back. And that was probably the one thing on the plane that kept Kirsten occupied for the longest time. In fact, I think we were on planes over the course of the last two days for what it have been like eight hours. Probably total. Yeah. And I would say that probably a good two to three hours of that time spread out over the course of the eight hours, she was doing the polka dot book. Mm-hmm. So 
highly, highly recommend those. I feel like those could probably qualify for something that's saving my life. I'd, say, I'd also say make sure you make a uh, a layover that is of considerable length. That way you can have bathroom breaks if you need to, because once you get on that plane, you can't go back to the lavatory because it's, you don't have anybody to hold the baby. Yes. And I think we were, that was not something that we really computed. We were just thinking, oh, shorter travel time. Let's pick the flights because we had a layover. Let's pick the flights that are going to get us there the most efficiently, Mm -hmm. which is how we would usually approach it. But when you have a toddler or a baby um, and and or both, um, just having some time for Kirsten to run around a little bit, for us to be able to go to the bathroom, for us to maybe grab some water or something to eat or drink, or just to sit down and kind of regroup or repack our bags or whatever, that would have been really nice. And especially the first, the first day mm-hmm. we literally got off the plane, went to the next gate and it was boarding and that did not mm-hmm. work very well. Well, and even then it allows you to have more time to get off the plane. Yes. So that way you're not rushed and forgetting things and which it just takes a lot longer when you're mm-hmm. traveling with young children. So we're glad we planned for it to be an adventure because it was. And mm-hmm. it was a wonderful, we made some really great memories. We had had a great time at Focus on the Family. We got to see your sister who lives in Colorado Springs and her husband and boys. And that was really fun. Kirsten loved getting to play with her four boys. And all around, it was just, it was a great trip. We're a little bit tired today. Yep. But... I'm so glad that we did it. And I think sometimes it's easy to just stay home or kind of talk yourself out of doing things that you know are going to have some challenges involved. But I'm so glad that we did it. And I think we'll look back Mm -hmm. on it and laugh about some of the things in years to come. And I feel like next time we fly, and I hope there is the next time that we're going to fly with both of them, that we will be much more prepared and it will go much more smoothly. Jesse, you have a book update. I do. I don't think last time I had talked about, I'd been listening to on the Libby app. Yes. And uh, so I decided to stop listening to the books that I had started. I just didn't get into them. And I feel kind of guilty, I guess, about starting a book and not finishing it, but I just couldn't no. get into it. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm stopping you right there. Here's, this is the beauty of the Libby app. You're checking books out. If you don't like it, you didn't pay any money for it. That's true. And so you could just just guiltlessly just hit that return. Now, if you had gotten, like I've talked about, if I got, if I get about 60% into a book, then you kind of feel like you've invested time. But, right. yeah. but I usually can tell within the first, I would say the first 10 or 15 minutes, whether I'm going to stick with a book or not, because if it doesn't, I'm like, if it, if it doesn't grab me mm-hmm. by then, let's move on. Okay. Anyway. So... I went to Barnes and Noble here with Silas a couple weeks ago and was just spying out some, some different titles that might catch my eye. And I found a book by uh, former president Bill Clinton and James Patterson. And I didn't realize that they wrote some fiction books together. And I went ahead and found that both books, the, the first book that they had written together and then the most recent book that just was published, those were both on Libby, the audiobooks. So I went ahead and uh, reserved both of those. One, the oldest book was not on hold, so I was able to 
started listening to it right when I checked it out. And yeah, it grabbed me. So it was, I was really impressed with it. And you told me I have to listen to yep. it. So the nice thing about it being on the Libby app is it's still, we have the same account on both of our phones. Mm-hmm. So while you can't be listening at the same time, or you're going to be starting and stopping, it's going to mess up the other person's listening experience because it's going to jump ahead or jump behind. Mm-hmm. Once you're finished with it, then I can go back and start over and it's still checked out. I, I won't have, yeah, I, don't know. I won't have 14 days. I don't know but, how many days are left, um, but I'm excited to listen to that. Yeah. That's when it was called the president is missing. It looks interesting. Yep. So I will keep y'all updated. I'm probably going to start it really soon because I'm almost finished with the audiobook that I'm listening to on Hoopla. So my book this week is called Faith to Foster. I don't know where I originally found this from. Maybe someone recommended it to me, but it's by TJ and Jen Men, and they are foster parents, or I haven't got to the end of the book, so maybe they're not foster parents anymore, but this is their journey of foster parenting a wide variety of children um, in multiple different states because they moved because he's military, and it is so relatable to someone who has fostered, is fostering. There are so many different things that they talk about that I just was like, that's spot on. Totally understand that emotion. Have totally walked through that. And it was just really encouraging to me. I think it would also be a great read if you are someone who is considering fostering and you want to get an idea for what it's like. I think they do a great job of showing both the hard things and the good things, the wonderful and the wild and the roller coaster of emotions that come along with it. And I also just found it really inspiring to see how they stepped out and said yes to things that I feel like I would probably be like, I don't think I can do that. But just to see God Mm -hmm. be so faithful to them in that. So again, that was Faith to Foster by TJ and Jen Min. We have more reader mail, Jesse, and we've been getting a lot of responses by email. We love hearing from you all. So if you ever have anything that you want to talk back to us about, you can send an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. I'll just read a few here. Krista said, I just finished listening to your most recent podcast about your hotel story, and we got a lot of responses to that. She shared this whole story about how they were on vacation and someone died in the room next to them. And they didn't know until the police called them about it. They heard this, all this commotion and stuff. I won't go into all the details, but she also on a completely different note, gave an email tip because we were talking about cleaning out our email inboxes and talking about how to stay on top of email. And she said, that we had referenced some ideas that listeners had sent in regarding um, cleaning up your email. She said, I don't know if Gmail has the same feature, but on Hotmail, which I'm curious if anyone still has Hotmail, <laughs> but yeah. probably I've, I've, I've seen a few out there. Probably some people do. You can click on an email and then there's an option called sweep. Do you know about this? Mm-mm. Didn't you used to have Hotmail? Used to. Yeah. Did I have Hotmail? I don't think so. I thought I had Juno. You had Juno, yes. And then Gmail. But you had Hotmail. Using this option, you can then click if you want to move all emails in your inbox from that sender to a different folder, deleted folder, for instance, or whichever folder you would like. You can choose to move all emails from that sender plus future ones or all of them, but the most recent or after 10 days, et cetera, to whichever you folder you want. 
It's a great way to quickly clear up more junk type emails in a hurry to the deleted folder, or even bills to a specific folder if you need to save them. I don't know that Gmail has anything other than the filters, but I thought that that was a great tip for those of you who yeah. still have Hotmail. And I want to know, do any of you still have Hotmail? I, I bet some of you do because I know my email newsletter gets sent to quite a few Hotmail addresses. I think it's one of those things like once, AOL. once you have set up that email address, you just, it's hard to switch. It's like my phone number. I still mm -hmm. have my Kansas phone number because I just don't want to mess with switching. And then we got a question from Aaliyah. She said, I'm curious why you don't book Airbnbs for your travel. She said, you mentioned that you like to book the last minute, which may not work as well with Airbnbs, but I found it's a much better and cheaper experience than hotels. We have four kids aged 12 through 19 and would also have to get two hotel rooms. Starting around when the oldest was 12, we began booking Airbnbs for our family travel. It gives us more space so we can usually book a house for about $120, depending upon a location, of course. We do have to bring or buy our own breakfast, but the added space and reduced cost far make up for it. So I, I know we've looked at Airbnbs mm -hmm. many times. I think our biggest thing is just mostly when we've looked, there have been additional cleaning fees or there will be strict, you know, you have to stay over a weekend or you have to stay for three days. We haven't found that there are very many options if you're just staying one night and you're booking it the day of. Yeah. The, whenever I've looked at them before, you have like a minimum stay of three to five days. Mm -hmm. And I, I think there was a trip we took recently where I did look into that and it just wasn't feasible. But that's a great tip, especially if you're the kind of people who you go and you stay somewhere for three to five days mm -hmm. um, because the prices are usually less expensive than a hotel if you're going to be staying for an extended time. And we did stay in an Airbnb when we were in Rome. Remember that? Oh. And, mm -hmm. and we overall had a good experience, although didn't the plumbing? Yes, there was, there was a plumbing issue. Yes. And it was pretty bad. Like we couldn't use our shower, mm -hmm. I think. But they, they were very gracious and kind and all of that. And we got a really, and it was a very good deal for us to be able to stay there. Mm -hmm. Okay. This last one that I want to share, I... I, I've been wanting to read this to you, but I saved it to read it on the podcast. A few weeks ago on the podcast, you were talking about the circus that was hiding Jews during the Holocaust. I felt pulled to Google it, and it turns out my distant relatives were the ones that had the German circus. I need to do some more research to find out how it is related, but it explains so much about my dad's extended family. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that that was really fascinating and interesting. So like I said, as always, if you have anything that you want to share, any additional tips, any thoughts, constructive criticism, we love hearing from you. Send me an email or message me on Instagram. Was she just calling the extended family clowns? You know, I, I'm just, I'm just going to let that sit uh -huh. right there. But you know, I don't have her name, so it could be <laughs> anyone. If you, you there that are listening, this could be your sister who wrote in and said this, you yep. know, never know. I actually don't know what her name is because it was on Instagram and I just screenshotted, screenshotted, took a screenshot of the go. message. All right. Our best advice for having twins. And I guess we should use the term 
twins loosely because obviously I've never birthed biological twins. We've actually never fostered twins. But like most of you know, for the last year and a half, much of the last year and a half, we have had two small children at our house who are very similar in age. Like I said, Champ and Kirsten were, he was born early. So it's kind of always like, what is the actual age difference? But she was born four weeks after we brought him home from the NICU. And when we brought him home from the NICU, he was technically full term. Mm -hmm. And then um, baby D is almost a year and Kirsten is 14 months. So close, very close Mm -hmm. in age. And so there's a lot that we've learned. And the inspiration for this actually came from someone writing in. I do a Q&A on Instagram. I'm the Money Saving Mom on Instagram. If you're not following me there, I'd love for you to follow me. But I do a Q&A usually on Saturdays. And someone wrote in and said, we just got placed with twins. What tips do you have? So they're fostering and they got a placement is what it's called um, of twins. So they're fostering twins. And I was thinking back to what are some of our best tips, the things that we learn, the things that I would want to pass along to someone who is having twins or fostering twins. And I came up with some ideas and Jesse, I'd love to hear your thoughts as well. But first off, I have found, I feel like when we brought Champ home from the hospital, when we brought Kirsten home from the hospital, when baby D came to our home, it in each instance, when we added a baby... I feel like it took about four to six weeks to establish a rhythm. And so this could apply as well if you're having a baby or you're fostering a a child is coming into your home, expecting it to take four to six weeks to establish a basic rhythm. And I think at first you're going to feel really, really overwhelmed, Uh, especially if you're adding two babies at once or two small children at once. It's just going to feel like you've, gotten, I don't even know a good word analogy, but drinking water from a fire hydrant. I know I was going to say that, but it's really cliche and I feel like everybody says it. So I was trying to come up with something better, but I couldn't. So you can sit there and try to come up with something better. I can, yeah. just, I can see the wheels yeah. turning your head. You feel like a mountain or an avalanche has just kind of gotten dropped on you and you're supposed to juggle multiple pieces and it's like you're being stretched in all different directions at once. But if an avalanche falls on you, you can't juggle. Well, you feel like an avalanche fell on you, but you're also trying to juggle at the same time because you're so tired and exhausted and probably sore in places that you didn't even know you had muscles because of all the juggling that you're doing. Okay. There. It's a, it's a great word picture. Let's just go with it. Anyway, but I, I have found at least in each instance that let four to six weeks go mm-hmm. by and then you will find your groove. It will be a new groove, but you will find a groove. Now by that, I don't mean that you're just going to have it all figured out. Everything's going to be organized. It's going to be smooth sailing, but that it won't just feel like you are drowning. Mm -hmm. At least for us, that's how it's been. It will get easier. I think secondly, for us, it was very helpful to set up everything that we needed in different stations around the house. So out right in the middle of the living room, we had a station where we had diapers and wipes and just kind of all those things you need, pacifier and just things that 
like medicines and different things like that. Obviously, they were young enough that they weren't moving. So we could have the medicine there at that point. But just, you know, diaper cream, all that right there. And then we had same thing in our bedroom. And so the places that where we would be changing, we had multiple stations and it just made it so much easier instead of having to be dragging stuff different places or where's the diaper? I need a diaper, you know, that sort of thing. That worked out really well. And I've also heard of people doing that if you had biological twins and you were nursing to kind of set up nursing stations in, you know, two places in your house so that you can have everything you need when you sit down there, a book to read, um, drinks and snacks and, you know, just Mm -hmm. a cord for your iPhone, just all there. Um, Because it's amazing how you think, okay, like why, I won't, why can't I just walk into the other room and get it? But just those extra steps, sometimes you just don't have the brain capacity. It's just so much easier if you can just grab it Mm -hmm. right there. And then we would try to make sure that we stocked those every few days. It was just kind of part of the thing of just stocking those areas and those stations so that they were well stocked. This one might sound silly if you've never had two children really close in age before, but keep a log of when they eat, sleep, you change a diaper and which baby it was. <laughs> Especially so at easy first. to forget that. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And when you're dealing with medicine, Mm -hmm. this is so important because if multiple people are helping with the care of a child to know when the medicine was given, that it was given, Mm -hmm. when the bottle was given, that it was given, it was just really, really helpful for us. We actually, what is the name of the app that we used? I feel like it's something Barry for a while. Do you remember that you had downloaded that app that we used and that we could sync with our phones? And that was really, really helpful. We didn't use it long-term, but for a while, as we were kind of getting into that rhythm, Mm -hmm. everybody would have it on their phone. So if you changed a diaper, if you fed a bottle, you would just, if a baby went to sleep, you would just mark it on the app. And that was really, really helpful for us all to have our phones synced. Mm -hmm. And then I could look back at the end of the day and be like, oh, Kirsten slept for this time, this time, and this time. You know, you could see kind of a log of the day as well. So we'll find it and put it in the show notes. Okay. Yes. Cause I, off the top of my head, I cannot think of what it was. But you will forget, especially if you're not getting a lot of great sleep. And like I said, you're juggling a lot of things. So just write it down. Oh, I found it here. Uh, I was just looking at my phone. I think it's the Huckleberry app. Okay. Yeah. So we would recommend that, especially if you want to keep specific logs. And it had some really cool charts and graphs that it would generate. Mm -hmm. I'm not a huge charts and graphs person, but if you are that kind of person, it's really fun. If you're keeping those logs, then it can generate that. And it can be really helpful as you look back and kind of see patterns over the last week or month or whatever, if you do and it long-term. it syncs between phones too. Mm-hmm. And you can tell like, okay, I think it was on, we had it on Catherine's phone. I think mm-hmm. she could log it and then you could log it and I could log it. And we can see and, and track, you know, especially if there's medication involved, that's in feeds too. When you have somebody with special needs or with special diets, it's very important to keep all that squared away. Fourthly, 
I would just say, give yourself a lot of grace. Do not expect that normal is going to look like what normal did before. It's going to be a new normal. And things are probably going to take a lot longer, just like we talked about traveling Mm -hmm. with two young children, just takes a lot longer. And you just have to have a different kind of mode of operation. I would say in many cases, it takes four times as long to get out the door, to just do a lot of things that we used to do. And so just having that pace and giving a lot of grace to yourself and to others and to the rest of the family mm-hmm. is really, really helpful. And it will get better. I mean, it's, it's just like with anything new, it takes time to learn it and then things will get faster as as you learn it and get a new rhythm. And at some point, this that looks hard will be the easy part and there'll be something else that's hard and you'll just grow from all that. Well, and I think that you grow muscles mm-hmm. and skill sets that you didn't know you could ever grow or have. Mm-hmm. And I think for both of us, we really feel like we've, and I hate to even say this, but kind of have gotten into a good groove where just last week I was telling you, I feel like I have a lot of breathing room in my life again. And I realized that there hasn't been some big life change or event in three months. Mm -hmm. And so it takes time, but you can get into a good groove and learn to juggle things and kind of wrap your brain around processes. If it's in an avalanche. Yes. And I think for us, it's just now like this morning we had, you had to get up early to get out the door and then baby D had to get out the door to get to an appointment. So Mm -hmm. it was that divide and conquer. And so you took Kirsten and with you to take Caitlin to ice skating and you, you know, maybe a few years ago, the thought of doing something like that, taking a toddler with you to ice skating and having her be with you all morning to go do different things. I think you went to the bank and some different things Mm -hmm. that might've felt like a lot. Mm -hmm. Or for me driving to Vanderbilt and, taking him and navigating a lot of things and talking to a lot of different medical personnel and everything that would have felt overwhelming. Well, and having to deal with his feeds and his medicine and all that on your own after I had left, because I usually take care of that. Yes. And, but it's just things that we have learned and grown and developed muscles. And it's not like we're perfect in any way, but you get into these rhythms and grooves. And so then the thought of, oh, I, okay, I need to give him his meds. I need to give him his feed. Oh, I need to change his gauze on his port. Oh, I need to make sure to change the batteries in his Baja before I get out the door. Oh, I need to make sure that he has enough feed for when we're there. You know, just all of those mm-hmm. things. And that I've scheduled the feed so that it works out with his appointment. It just kind of becomes natural. right? And so I just want to encourage anyone listening that you will, it will get easier. Mm -hmm. Just hang on. (laughs) And then finally, I think the most important thing is for us relying upon the Lord and knowing that this is what God has called us to. And there's so much peace there. God doesn't 
call those who are qualified. He qualifies those whom he calls. And so just looking to him, relying upon him and seeing him be so faithful. And I feel like when you step into something that is so much bigger than what you are capable of on your own, it allows you to get to see God show up Mm -hmm. and show himself to be so faithful. So those are just a few of our tips and things that we have learned with having two young children. We'd love to hear from you. If you have birthed twins, if you have fostered twins, if you have children who are really close in age, what are some of your best suggestions? And obviously we just shared about babies because that's all we have experience with. We don't know what the future holds and what's that, what is that going to look like? We're just trusting God for today and where he has us. And we're just grateful for this journey that he has us on because it has grown and stretched us in such beautiful ways. Have a great week and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.